0: Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast and we are Kevin. On today's show we're going to be looking back over the semi-finals in the junior championship at the weekend gone by and we're going to be um, looking back on our rankings from earlier on, our pre-championship rankings where we uh, gave our 1, 2, 14 um, our opinions on the 1-14 to order and, and some very good some very bad so far but as always delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick Sports Editor with the Anglo Celt um, Paul two junior semi-finals in Kingspan Breffney at the weekend on Sunday afternoon was it a good double header to go and watch? Uh, Sunday
1: afternoon yeah it was it was a good double header the second game I thought wasn't as good as the first game standard wise even though it was closer but it, it definitely lacked for nothing for nothing in excitement like like yeah. um the excitement in Templeport and Shanigades was as good as you're gonna get. It was a local derby, both teams desperate to get to the final, laying it all on the line. And just sort of outfoxed foxed Templeport in the end up. Like you could definitely make the argument that Templeport were the better team. You know, it was the, the like there was the got the goal at the crucial time. That was a mm. big score. Um just before half time <coughs> they could have been going in going from in passing on frogs at this stage <laughs> they could have been going in four or five points down like very easily, but they got the goal at the right time. they kept battling on, they took their chances, and a big finish from them mm. um, and that was crucial. I, it was very enjoyable i thought I, I thought the first game was a, was a better standard, certainly killing care looked the best of the four, and they're going to go in the as favorites, but I've been talking about Shannon Gales all year, and we really should should make this point that someone put up on Instagram when we were looking for talking points a few days ago and said, you, you bollocks is writing off Shannon Gales all year. I was like, hold on a minute. Well, hold on. We
0: can put that to bed. We can put that to bed right here and now because on our rankings, we both
1: had Shannon Gales in fourth. In fourth. So, and, I mean, you won't find anyone in the county who would have ranked them any higher, I don't think, outside of Shannon Gales' camp. Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely not writing off. That's saying you're in the top four not to alone that time, I mean. I've said since the group stage on the podcast that I had a feeling Shannon were going to get to a final
0: yeah you have because you have.
1: He had an upright out and, and yeah, then out and, and then out well they'll no, probably we're running into killing care yeah and then we're already out so they were next in line in our records anyway yeah yeah that's it you did so you cop did, on I did, no. I'm I, not going to name the <laughs> player from Shannon Gales, <laughs> Gales who, wrote, who wrote and he was playing <laughs> I, I don't
0: know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past That he's he's uh, Dealing in second hand information Yeah it Could be Maybe could be. maybe He mightn't even hear this at all But um, Killing Care You were saying Looked The better of the four teams Who stood out for them Who played well
1: <sighs> Well The ball was just going over the bars I arrived in To make it 5-1 To Killing Care So I was actually surprised When I saw the match report Because I wasn't covering the game Report wise I was just going along to watch it um, I was surprised to see That Emma Fitzsimons Had scored 8 points four frees so Emma must have got a couple of points early on because he didn't score that heavily when I was there. Right, um, but he, he still did well. Like, and he, he worked very hard, dropping back. Um, Peter McCabe, like he got one, two in the space of two or three minutes in the second half, which was crucial. That that was Jason McMahon was very good. Louis Fair Cooper went off injured, uh, which is a worry for them. Uh, I believe it's his hamstring again. Maybe it's precaution. <clears throat> Not sure. That's a worry for them. But overall, they were they were very solid. Um, Aaron Smith got on plenty of ball. Paul Brady got on a lot of ball. You know, they weren't they weren't brilliant, but they, they did all they had to do. Like they, um, yeah. and I thought Muncher Connacht did well. Kept on fighting, and I think there's a big future there for Muncher Connacht as well. Like if you a look lose. at the likes of well the two Rileys, their two brothers. That's Tiernan and Fionn. You've got the two Hendricks brothers, exactly. the two Fidowjis. You've got uh, Shane Hanley. Um, very good young players, mm. very very talented and a great attitude about them. From what I could could see, they were worked really hard and um, didn't drop the heads at any stage. They just came up against a better team on the day, even though they beat them in the group. I think Killing Care are probably a bit older in key positions and are just that bit further ahead in their development. But Montreal can be happy with their campaign. Like If you look at it, they were <clears throat> within a kick of a ball of drawing with, with not pride, they should have beaten Shannon Gales I think Shannon Gales would even admit that but mm. Liam O'Reilly had an absolutely brilliant game of goals Yeah, um, and they beat Killing K R in the group It was a tough group like. It was a he- They had a hell of a tough group and then th- then beat Mernujan as well so yeah. they g- they're after really putting the, some good performances there, stringing a lot of good performances together um, Disappointing thing
0: is That they didn't do this In the year When they were Being followed by the cameras For Lucas 8 Sport yeah. <laughs>
1: That would have been great Yeah yeah, That's a while ago now But that <coughs> Yeah look They're They're, they're, they're an up and
0: coming well. team Like when you start to name out All those lads They're You know If even 20 21 22 That sort of age group There's a long time For them lads to come and develop And become even better footballers So mm. Would you say
1: there's a, a Championship in Muncher connect At some stage it's like it's like all these things. There definitely is a championship of Montreal, Connect, but they're, if they're, if it's going to come, it needs to come sooner rather than later. Because you know sometimes your chances pass you before you realize it. Kildallan are example of that. We thought they were building towards a junior championship, and now they look to be a, a good bit off it again. You have to you have to um, take your chance. Montreal Connects should be looking to go win it next year. Yeah, like and no point saying we'll wait for the future. Lots of team clubs winning with a young team. And the bride are going to be really going for it now next year as well. Um, will the tor- to be, be the back.
0: third year. We'll be saying that about the bride. Yeah. Fort?
1: And like so that, that. You know, you need to you need to do it sooner rather than later. You end up with a great future behind you. But yeah, it's I love that junior championship now. It's so close, and I think it's bringing up the standard of all the teams. Like much Muchachonet have definitely risen to the standard. Eugen have risen to the standard. Yeah. Red Hills rose up again this year after after a poor league. There's only a couple of teams that drift at the bottom, but it's it's a good championship. And Drone
0: rose to the standard as well like this did. year. You know, it, there's there's a lot of teams when, when you look at it that way that y- you could say have have improved as a result of the the new formation or the new structure in that junior championship. Again, look at not to sound like a broken record, but it has to be uh, it has to be commended for the, uh, the the structure that was brought in there. Um, we will go back over your. The championship predictions or the our standings on them, and we'll we'll start. I'm just trying to see if I can bring up the, the junior championship table here.
1: Yeah, junior championship table, so we can we can work out the top eight, anyway, handy enough because <coughs> my topped it, and they played a bunch of Connacht Two must have been eight. Right yeah, um, Kill and Killing Care and Up were f- fourth and fifth, I think.
0: Killing uh, Care and Up Pride were fourth and the fifth. Hill's are yeah. second. Drong were third. And Gales must have been 7th. Yeah, so Shannon Gales were were 6th. So we'll say even starting from bottom because what we do know now, I think you can say that the, the top 4 is your semi-finalists yeah. rather than your position on the table. So from 14th up to 9th a uh, Corla finished bottom of the table on, on a worse score difference than Mahara, which we both had Mahara at the bottom. Uh, Mahara finished second from bottom, which we both had the, on the bottom. Um, then we had Kill Shamrocks in twelfth. Both of us agreed on that one, which we were right on. It's eleventh where we went terribly wrong. We both thought that it would be Muncher Connacht. Eleventh, yeah. That's that. That is way off the pace. If if anybody deserves to be shouting at us, it's Muncher Connacht. Absolutely you know, yeah they, they they came out of They came out of Left field To, to make a semi-final And and, and after the, the more I look
1: at it and Like John McCabe Had retired Who traditionally Was getting 60-70% yeah. of their scores In yeah. those games
0: Yeah F- Like uh, phenomenal Phenomenal stuff By him there um, So in Eleventh We had Muncher Connacht It ended up being Kildallan Then we had Kildallan and Tent So we weren't A million miles off that um, Tent ended up On the table Was Drummalee. You had Kildallan. I had Kildallan in the tent. Both of us. Um, then you had Drumolly in ninth. You weren't a million miles off that. I had Red Hills in ninth. Um, the biggest,
1: the biggest one we didn't see coming was then not making the quarters. Then, like I ninth, think that de- we both had them in second. I think they were sixth in Division Two of the league. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I can tell you now. Sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure on that. I'm yeah, 90% no. sure no.
0: Well they were definitely High up on it anyway they, yeah, so um, For them
1: not to make the Sixth you're right Yeah that's a collapse An ep- an epic collapse there Like by then And I know the way Results went against them But they lost two or four games Like they lost to Not Bride the first day And they lost to Red Hills the last day Of the group So mm. you know You lose You lose your first day You put two wins together And one of them, those wins I think was against um, Corla.
0: That's right yeah
1: I'm not sure who the other game The, w- the one was So you know they really had three, probably three games where they were going to be asked the question and the, the last two of them. So disappointed because we, like I had then ranked second.
0: Yeah, so did I. So did you. You know, both of us got got that very wrong. Um, so if if we take it then on to the, the championship quarter finalists, so your your top eight and the teams who went out. So essentially our fifth, sixth and seventh and eighth should be the losing quarter finalists. Um, in eight, you had Red Hills. Losing quarter finalists. So you're 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 on the money on that. I had in eight drung, which were a losing quarter finalist as well. So w- we're all right on that one. Uh seventh we both had Matt Nugent, who lost in the quarter final. Yeah. Which is good aisle going. Um sixth I had Drumalee and the less said about that the better. Didn't make a quarter final, so I'm ah, I'm well, way you had, off.
1: You're blinded by your loyalties there.
0: Possibly. Seven, uh, sixth you had Templeport who who won in the quarterfinal. So yes, that was off. So that was off. Um and then fifth I had Templeport, so that was wrong. Again, and in fifth you had drung who lost in the quarterfinal. So out of the four middle eight or, 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 or quarterfinal ranked teams, you had three of them right. Bingo. Good I stuff. had two of them right. So the trend is normal is here. There's one thing. There's one you thing know I more know. about football <laughs> than I do. <laughs> I know. On, my, I'll say it before you do. I know my junior Hampshire quarterfinal final teams. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so then you're essentially saying or what should make sense is that your third and your fourth team should have been the losing semi-finalists. Uh, both of us. Yeah. Third and fourth team. In fourth I had Shannon Gales which was wrong. You had Shannon Gales which was wrong. I had Knockbride which was wrong. And you had Knockbride which was wrong. So because now I'm gonna I'm gonna make my argument for that with Nock Bride. Nock were beat by Killing Care in the quarter final. Had they got another team in the quarter final, would they have been a top four team? The chances are, yeah, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, There's I, an I, argument to be made. Ah, yeah, you yeah. know. And I I genuinely think that Den could be in that final if things had have fallen another way. You know, but. It's harder to make the argument th- for Den. Yeah, it is harder to make the argument. You know, for then, yeah. and,
0: and and while I, I should like, be making it with you, I I
1: can't. Yeah, you know, it's, hard. Hard, it's harder, But I agree with not pride You're ranked, you're ranked towards subjective la- rankings before the championship, and you run into the comfortably the first ranked team in it. And like yes. we're not writing off Shanagell's chance in the final by any means, but w- probably <clears throat> one of the biggest gaps between in those rankings was between one and two. Yeah. For realistic, you're looking at a killing care team who were playing intermediate championship football a couple of years ago and making the final and yeah. they were promoted to Division one, the league. Yeah. Like so that's you're it. right, Not Bright had a tough tough one there now. Yeah. that's that system though, like
0: it is, it is. And and look at possibly part of their own downfall too, that that they could have pipped Killing Care with an extra victory in the group stages or, you know, like their the group stages results the Well they
1: they they beat then then the first day, which was a good win. Second day b- I think they beat Mon- Connacht by a goal yeah. was it? Yeah. And they, but then they got Killing Care in again. the group stage. That's right. Yeah. And who did they get in the last game? They won their last game as well. Yeah. Yeah. They, so like um, they, to, like six
0: points. To six six fair, points to
1: finish fifth. They bet everyone they come up against Spark Killing Care in this championship. Yeah. Like that actually is really tough when yeah. you actually look at it like that. Now Bright have had a tough there,
0: and and possibly on when on reflection. Killing Care were going into the last game um, with three wins under their belt, and the score difference is actually what put them down in the yeah, fourth. That's the thing. Like, that was that was a freak of nature. That you know, you, you whatever you might have said that right. Okay, maybe Killing Care might be bet by Muncher Connacht to be hammered by Muncher Connacht and it to affect the table so dramatically. Like you're talking about
1: a, over a twenty point swing. Yeah. But until the until the table was yeah. done a couple weeks later, so like bright I' got to be sick there. Like I, I think that's tough. I think you you win three games, you lose to the to the Red Hot favorites, and then you get the Red Hot favorites again the, the quarter quarters. final as That's a result tough. of it. But a, again, it's this Coral and Mahera thing. I think it's skewing it.
0: Yeah, possibly, possibly. I'll do. it, it is, it's, it, skewing, did it. Bride. it's didn't skewing it. Knock Bright? but it's skewing it. Coral and Mahara. No, they didn't. I needed the killing care.
1: No, they didn't. But what's skewing it is that there's teams picking up handy points. So so uh, Red
0: Hills being the best example. they're coming out the of score difference, they got Coral in the first game. Yeah, trounced them, trounced them. And, and therefore on score difference they ended up ahead of Killing Care and Drone In,
1: in any in any table, like six points and Killing Care in, a, in an 18th table in. after four games, six points has got to be getting you higher than fifth. But the problem is, if you don't, if you, if other teams are getting to play a team that's way below the standard, you're stuck in fifth and you're playing the, the possibly the champions in weight And I think we've we've stumbled across something here, Damien. I we're after teasing it out there. Yeah. I think our pride have have been hard done by in this system. And, yeah. I, and it happened to them Before as well They got caught In the group stage of four I think yeah. that was last year
0: I'm just looking at it Like The uh, Red Hills Got Mahara In the Or sorry Drung got Mahara as well You know Which was a, I think a 15 or 16 point victory there mm-hmm. Again that,
1: that uh, And When you look at North Bride, They were very unlucky I know were, it was a bit careless but they were unlucky to lose the killing They're probably the better team on the night mm. but they're two really soft goals
0: Most people say that yeah, yeah so, so Yeah look at it, it, the, the, the rankings were, were not a million miles off but we're not uh, we're not right on the money either like the, the Muncher-Connacht one really it shows us up fairly fairly poorly Does
1: does yeah, yeah, So look
0: at all absolutely. we can do is issue a, a statement here and now <laughs> on the McAfee Super Value Podcast We apologise to the people of Muncher-Connacht for our accusation that they were only 11th in the junior rankings and they have proven us to be pretty dumb yeah pretty um, damn dumb
1: can't, can't argue with it
0: and well done well done to them delighted, delighted to see new team coming up and well and I,
1: I love Montreal because <laughs> they've got a handball club <laughs>
0: we're going to cut that out and paste it everywhere
1: <laughs> no, but I but love Muncher they've got a handball club yeah uh, and that's enough that's all it takes to win me over that's it that's it um, although, although my new team as we said on the other podcast my new team is good I've been to four of their games now out of five Yeah, this championship
0: and you will be at the rest
1: yeah, I, I know all the nicknames I get to know the boys I get to know their mothers coming up to me in the what? stand <laughs> <laughs> not in that way um, yeah the we'll, less said about that the better
0: for you Brady's Arval Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan Longford Leitrim Monaghan Mead and the surrounding counties For over 50 years, a family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Moving on. They... With teams going out from the Championship, we're already hearing of, of, uh, of, of managers stepping aside and, and clubs will be out looking. The, the managerial merry-go-round will start before it's really even stopped. Um, but Kevin mcdonald has gone from Lavi. I was just thinking back on this now. If, uh, at the start of it, when he took over Lavi, if you'd said that they'd make four quarterfinals and two semifinals in four years... You'd have had a few raised eyebrows now looking at that one. It, it, it was a fair achievement.
1: Yeah, it was. He got a great level of consistency out of them, didn't and he? This was the only championship campaign where where they got a couple of Hidens, really. It, yeah. like, the Gales gave them a hidden and they got another another one against Kruševl on Sunday. But up to that, like they had been very. He's done a great job with them. You could see the the statement that that the club put out. Um, just mm. gen- it wasn't all about Kevin, but they were thanking the. Players and stuff for that for our efforts, but to give him a, a low mention, like he, yeah, he he'll,
0: he'll move on to another club, I presume. He'll, he'll have no shortage of club offers after after that, and obviously previously with Castle
1: Ran. Yeah, well, like he's he's been involved with, with teams more or less every year since he was playing. Um, bar one year, he only took one year out of it. so right. yeah, I, I think he'll find uh, he'll he'll he might take a year out of it, but he'll be back with teams again. Yeah, yeah, he'll but be he's very half, very busy, man. He's a big business in Dublin, but he, he'll be back. He'll be back with teams, I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it'll be interesting to see then as as these start to filter around what what will go on on the the merry-go-round. Um, we'll, we'll try and keep you up to date on that on the MicroVoice Super Value GA podcast. Um, any other business, Paul?
1: Yeah. Um, oh, we do. We've massive business. We've, a bit, of it, we've a bit of business. Well, a couple of things come in on, on the on the Instagram. Give us them. Uh, no Cavin players on the Ulster All Star Awards. That is a big talking point. Now, and
0: I was told about this obviously on on, on Twitter, a few people were on about it, but then I met Owen McConnell at the game in Lavi and he was saying it's only the second time in the history of the awards that the losing Ulster final team has no representatives. Hmm. Now that's
1: now the only thing that could have stopped Cavan getting representatives on it was to get absolutely hammered in the Ulster final. And absolutely hammered in the qualifiers by another Ulster team. Fortunately that's what happened. The scoreboard mightn't have shown in the Ulster final, but mm. that is what happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, see, I see the point. The, the other point then that, that, that was made was maybe a lot of it comes down to paper sales and the Irish news wouldn't be the biggest of papers selling in
1: Cavan. True, but but like back in back in twenty thirteen when they got to the quarter final, I think we could have had four on it. Like Keaton was mm. on it, Martin Dunn was on it, um, possibly Alan Clark, maybe was on it. There was, I think there could be four on it that year. So, you know.
0: Well, that's the other side of the, it. Then, the, who,
1: but the question is who should have been on it? Like Martin Riley turned in an unbelievable performance against Monaghan but he didn't really hold his form. Um, Darren McFeed, he played very well in, in patches mm. and other patches didn't didn't hold his form. Mackey was coming off the bench. I think Mackey possibly was, if you're going on the Ulster Championship, he was probably the pick of them. Possibly. Sicily, like for making an impact in every game.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's w- w- yeah. When you put it like that, you know, right? If if you took the start of it, Park Faulkner was probably consistent. I uh, like he was consistently solid. Uh, you know, lost the also
1: final now, he had his hands full.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: a own game didn't go well for him, but he was class up to that. He was brilliant. Like, you know, let's be honest here, like the national all-stars are the same if you get to a final or whatever you generally get one I'm not going to call it tokenism but you generally would get your achievement would be mm-hmm. recognised like whereas Calvin should have should have probably i well,
0: put one. it this way Charlotte Bourne's got it for what? Yeah You know what I mean? Like he he had one very good display against Calvin. Did he did he really step up again after that? He
1: played well against Darren in the in the first game but Yeah Yeah um, yeah, okay. no, he, he, but he didn't, didn't
0: play well the second day and then he didn't play well in the qualifiers mm, you yeah. know so the, the, the question has to be asked you know I, I don't know I, I'm not too sure that that y- you could say it and even Ryan O'Neill brilliant against down the first day don't think
1: he really done anything against Cavan either day no not a whole pile you know so pile. I don't know
0: how he made it either the, the,
1: the what, other talking point Damien is what do you think of West Cavan I think it's a lovely place <laughs> That's sad. Okay That's that
0: Yeah no What do I think of West Calvin? That's yeah It's an interesting one Look at there's, They're doing They're doing everything they can With what they have <laughs> There's not really much
1: You can say about it I, I don't know I don't understand The question's a bit broad It's a bit broad West Calvin's the nicest part of Calvin. By your country And, mile. and the nicest people
0: Yeah I'm, 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 I'm not giving out About the rest of the county now Like that I <laughs> know. Uh, I find the people <laughs> of West Cavan are very nice. I think that all the people of Cavan are very nice. Paul, personally, <laughs> <laughs> go on. Give us the next one. That was it. That's all the talking points we have. All the talking. Well, then points. we're going to have to move on to the, to the important business because you have a very big week ahead of you, or maybe even longer than a week. Looking at it, the launch of your your new book is out Friday night in the Kilmore nine PM. Hoping, hoping for a big
1: crowd. Yeah, hoping for a big crowd. Um, I got a copy of the book into in my hand last week, last Friday, and it was great to great to get it. And tomorrow we're the going fruits up, of your labor, yeah, something like that. But tomorrow we're going up to Dublin to to get a van load of books and bring them there, and then they're going to be distributed all all over the country. So that's the part I'm looking forward to most. Yeah, um, it's can you nice give us s- to go into a shop somewhere and pick it up. I see. Yeah,
0: stand beside it for an hour <laughs> until somebody recognizes you. Oh, oh yes, this is me. this is my book. <laughs>
1: um, can you give us a wee snippet? <coughs> I can give you a snippet of yeah, just to whet people's snippet appetite. Because. Okay, so you asked me, you asked me to give you a little extract. I did. So I'm, I'm going to read out a short chapter, uh, and the the title of the chapter is "The Making of a Marksman," and it's all about basically about Charlie's style of play. So anyone who's wondering what sort of player was he, uh, hopefully this chapter will give you give you a little bit of an explanation.
0: That's like the intro to a song. Go for it.
1: <laughs> Practice. Always practice. For place kickers, there is no other way. Charlie was never the hardest trainer. He didn't relish the long runs on the slog. His game wasn't based on that anyway. In Gaelic football, the true marksmen want numbers after their name. Get the ball, shoot, rinse and repeat. Wherever he was, when he would go to practice freeze, he would bring some helpers. Youngsters who might be knocking around. When the session was over, he would throw them a jersey or a few shillings. A bumper haul for a wide-eyed kid. When Kevin won Ulster in 1969, I was seven, and I was old enough at that stage to go out to the meadow, recalls Kevin ogue who grew up a few doors away from the Gallaghers. That was Moorhead's Meadow, where Celtic Park was, opposite the Errigal Hotel. We would go out on our bikes and kick the ball back to him when he would be practising freeze. Not far from the goals was a river, and you had to be careful not to let the ball go into the river. And I remember that Charlie would pop them just over the bar. Quite a few would even ricochet off the bar. He was gliding them over and that was such a, a skilful art in itself. He was doing it so the ball wouldn't go into the river because he didn't want us as children going there to retrieve the ball. Charlie was very generous. He always had bags of sweets for us, which made it even better because at that stage we knew how big of an icon he was. In open play, Gallagher was about speed and a poacher's instinct, administering his assassin's temperament the instant he, after gathering close to goal. They said he didn't like to pass. He would good, good-naturedly joke that he had nobody to pass to. People used to say Charlie was selfish says Steve Duggan but I can tell you this because I played with him Charlie was never selfish if Charlie was going on a solo run I might have been beside him and we'd all be shouting for the ball Charlie, Charlie but Charlie could put put the ball over the black spot himself from 50 yards with right or left foot he was that good why should he pass it to me for the sake of it when he could do that it wasn't that he was selfish it was just that he knew that he had that ability no way was Charlie selfish Phil Lightning Murray, like many of Gallagher's former teammates, agrees. Was he selfish? No. We would just give him the ball. He was always available, and you knew that if you gave him the ball at the right time, he was probably going to score. Physically, Gallagher was well built. Deceptively strong in the upper body, says Tom Lynch. But he wasn't barrel-chested. He had a low centre of gravity and amazing balance. A thing I did notice about Charlie, says Michael Greenan. Funny as it sounds, was that he had small feet. (laughs) I suppose his margin for error was smaller when striking the ball. Not tall like his father and his brother, but not small. Compact, you could say, with a dancer's grace. One of the things that made him so dangerous was that he had blistering pace over five yards, and it's the first five yards that counts, says Seamus Hoare. Duggan was 19 when he broke through to the team in 1967 as an earth-scorching wing forward. Gallagher was 30, yet Duggan couldn't catch him. We'd be doing 10-yard sprints in Virginia, and even though I say it myself, I was fast, but Charlie would beat me by five yards. Off the mark, says Duggan, he was gone like a jet. Old teammates smile now when they say that Charlie didn't train all that hard. Not in the sense of running 20 laps of a pitch, which was a done thing at the time. He sprinted, he took part in drills, but mostly he had the ball in his hand, every chance he got. A sorcerer must have his wand. With the ball, Charlie was content. As long as Charlie was kicking a football and training with his friends, he was happy, he says Donal O'Grady. He was a beautiful free-taker. He would curl the ball around with his right foot, but he kicked with both feet, out, feet equally well. When Charlie's wi- What Charlie's wife, Maureen, remembers... Is him making the trek to the beaches of Donegal to pound the sand on occasion, but his aversion to tough physical training was well known. When we were training hard, Charlie was often practising his shooting from all angles, said Gabriel Kelly, but that wasn't unusual for a place kicker, as Gene Cusick pointed out. I never remember him coming down to training that much, not early in the season anyway, but the free taker and the goalkeeper got away with a lot of training in those days. There was a lot of grace extended to them. Equipment was primitive. The football was heavier than it is now and had a protruding lace, which acted almost as a kicking tee. All frees were from the ground and the old ball seemed to cut through the wind. Boots were rudimentary, although Gallagher took great care of his own, and of himself too, because when the big dogs in the full-back line started to snarl, Charlie was not keen to be their fresh meat. He was very light on his feet, he was always on his toes, says Ray Carlin, but he rarely came into contact with anybody. He kept as far away from everybody as he could, he just kept moving and the backs tended to play in their positions that time. He'd get a fair bit of freedom and would score spectacular points. Charlie never got ordinary points. They were always great points. they curled around and around and over the bar. As a result of his elusiveness and his ability to roll with the punches, he was rarely injured. He played countless matches in his career, often up to 50 in a season. I was sitting beside Charlie one day in the dressing room, and he was rubbing wintergreen into his legs. It was the big thing at the time, remembers Gabriel Kelly with a smile. I was surprised, and I said to Charlie... Are you injured? I'm not, he says. Well, says I, what are you putting the wintergreen on for? Says he, I want to smell like a footballer. <laughs> that was typical of him. At the summit where the air was thinnest, Gallagher needed one thing to survive, space. Granted that, he was deadly. Charlie bounced around the whole forward line, says Carlin, He wanted to get into the space. He didn't want to be marked close. He'd be totally opposite to what forwards do today. When he got the ball, he took one look to see where the goals were and he had to go at it. That was was the first thing in his head, I'll get a point from here. Whereas now it's the last thing in most forwards' heads. In that era, teams usually carried a couple of hatchet men whose job it was to side down the opposition's main threat. Gallagher got dog's abuse, took it, soaked it up and moved on. A lot of the time they would put a tight marker on Charlie because he was such a good scorer and they wouldn't bother playing much football because he was the man to win a match for you, says Don not But he would never retaliate, never. He never threw a punch in his life. Thrown into senior inter-county football as a 17-year-old, it was get tough or get off. Gallagher learned to roll with the punches and developed a knack for shipping hits and moving on. You'd seldom see him tossed or tripped. He could ride a tackle or a punch like Cassius Clay, says Sean Foy. Charlie's great skill, says Larry McCluskey, was accurate kicking from hand or ground. Extraordinary acceleration, balance and elusiveness. In tackles, he always appeared to be airborne so that he was hit. when he was hit, and many tried to hit Charlie, he seemed to ride the tackle, not to lose balance, but go on to score. I don't remember him ever being injured or having to go off at Club or County level. While Charlie tried to avoid contact where possible, heavy collisions were inevitable. Intercounty fullback full-back lines were essentially shark and waters. When you took the plunge, some form of bite was inevitable. Gallagher learned how to take that punishment. Extraordinary footwork was his shield. He was the hardest fella to knock, says Phil Lightning-Murray, who lined out alongside him in the lo- cabin forward line for a decade. Countless people tried to knock him, to steady him, but he was so stable and steady on his feet, he was like a ballerina. Kelly remembers him gathering himself up in a ball when he came into contact with an opponent, whose aim it was to stop him, stop him and not much more. If he drifted out from the goals in search of possession, Gallagher had a habit of gathering the ball and veering towards the wing. and that way, he could avoid the brutal intention of the centre, where play was congested and a couple of ruthless stoppers were sure to be patrolling. He found space along the sideline. He probably figured he could score from there anyway. When he got the ball fired from goal where every other fellow would go straight for the goals Charlie would head for the wing and they used to shout Lock hard Charlie says Foyle <laughs> That refrain was commonly heard from the wits on the hill The match was a Sunday ritual a weekly carnival to provide some diversion for supporters Lines, lines like that were golden At an awards night in Crover House Hotel in 1963 Ulster Council rep Andy O'Brien added more detail In a game in Breffney Park he said Charlie went off on one of his flashing solo runs along the sideline A car driver, admirer of his, watching Charlie come dangerously near the corner flag, called out excitedly, hard, Charlie boy. In the house that Charlie constructed, though, above all else, freeze were the foundation on which everything stood. He was guaranteed a few scoreboard kicks every time he took the field, and those built confidence. Put them over, hear the cheers, see the flag fluttering. It set him up for the next one and then the next. That familiar routine, magic in the mundane. He could score from the corner flag or from straight in front of the goals. It didn't matter. If the chance arose, he fancied it. He was just a sheer opportunist, says Carlin. He'd be after getting one of those spectacular points and he'd come walking out and he'd say, what did you think of that one, Carlin?" He didn't say it in a selfish way or a smart way. It was just a character that was in the individual. Free takers are manufactured by a process of repetition. In their construction, routine is the mortar. Three steps back, head down, strike it clean. Three steps back, head down, strike it clean. Charlie wasn't a man that would go out and catch a ball or hold off a defender in a race to the ball. He hung in around the goals and if he got the ball it was over the bar or under it recalls me, Michal Greenan and more than anything he was deadly on freeze. Wherever he went he would seek out a pitch and usually a helper a youngster to collect the balls and there he'd work on his art perfecting, honing kicking, kicking, kicking. In UCD Gallagher had some time on his hands and he put it to good use. There was a football field nearby the sports grounds in Temple Oak. His friend James McCabe of the 1952 Cavan team was teaching PE at the at the time, in Road College, around the corner in Crumlin. Each week, Jim McCabe took the boys out for football and horning practice. I pitched some footballs, some help to gather them up. Gallagher never missed a Wednesday afternoon for two terms. One of the pupils under McCabe's tutelage was Sean Boylan, the future four-time All-Ireland winning manager with Meade. Boylan had attended Belvedere College and then two years in Claher Road and was thrilled to be roped into assisting Gallagher with his kicking. Although only five years separated them, Charlie was already a star. Jim McCabe and Charlie would practice kicking and freeze for around 40 minutes, says Boylan. We were enthralled by these two men and our job was to kick the ball back to them. If you ever wanted imprinted on you the value of practice and not wasting your time in training, that was it. All of the time they had to practice was used to correct what was going wrong and to put it right. There was no time wasted. They would practice until they would see it done right. It was a really interesting experience. Charlie was such an iconic free taker, that black hair and that personality, and he was just a marvellous footballer. Charlie was an icon for so many years. I was privileged as a young man to see this and it was something I carried with me through, through all my life. As did Gallagher. The skills he painstakingly acquired in his youth he built his legend on.
0: Dude, I'll tell you what stands out from it. There's Some legends chatted to you about that. Yeah. Like going through, like obviously finishing with Sean Boylan there but like the best of the best that, that played for Cavan and, and they all speak so warmly about him. It's uh, was is there a lot of that?
1: Yeah, the, it's it's unbelievable, Damien. I mean, sometimes when someone passes away, you think, well, everyone's speaking highly of them because they're because they're gone. But genuinely, I interviewed about 50, 55 people for this, and they would tell you on the record or off it, even when you th- turn off the the dictaphone, they would say to you, there wasn't a bad bone in his body. He would. Mm. Everyone I spoke to said they didn't know anyone else like him. He was a totally unique individual. I interviewed a fella from Donegal who played with him in the Railway Cup and he played with a whole different circle of players up there and he said that he's the type of man that comes along every 50 years. The ultimate combination of looks, charisma, personality and skill to go with it. You might have one of those things but to have all those things and unfortunately what also comes to the part of the story is that he had a very sad Death, and latter, latter years, mm. you know, Shane Connaughton is quoted in the book, and uh, as the playwright and and poet, and he he just he um, says something like, basically, it was like an I- Icarus, you know, flew too close to the sun, you know, it's like he yeah. had used up all his credit, and, and things went, went wrong for him in latter yeah, yeah. years, but that's all that's all covered in the book.
0: Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal story, and just even while you were writing the book, having conversations with you about the ups and downs of his life, and and it goes back into his his childhood, his upbringing. You know, it, it's full it's full detail. It's I'm really looking forward to picking up those books tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. grabbing it. That's my weddings the tours on Friday <laughs> going to be taken up. So it is, um, but yeah, that's the book going to be in shops next week. No, so. it's going to
1: be in shops Thursday. I mean, shops Tours then. yeah. yeah. <coughs> well, in Easton's <coughs> so, and and uh bookshops stores, and then it'll be in other shops it'll be cabin the
0: and then be, be, be before the end of next week. But the, the
1: launch on, on Friday, um, in or Kilmore, Kilmore. N- at nine o'clock, maybe down for nine, like these things might be a few minutes there. But I just encourage anyone that wants to come along, don't feel as just uh invitees only or anything like that. Absolutely,
0: Farrell is going to launch it for you in the Kilmore. I'm going to do MC which is the easy job of it. Um, And then you have another launch up in the Boar's Head in Dublin the following tour, the the, uh,
1: 26th. 26th, yeah. So anyone who's around Dublin, please come down to that. You're more than welcome. And And, uh, then there's another one then. The final launch is in Coothill on the Tuesday, the 8th of October at 7.15pm.
0: In the library. In the library should be excellent should be excellent But yeah Looking forward to that one Folks thanks a million For listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast Don't forget to head on Over to patreon.com Forward slash We are Where we'll have our Predictions for this Weekend's Intermediate Championship Semi-final We'll be looking back Over last weekend's Quarter-finals in the Senior Championship And looking ahead to The replay between Castle Rahan and Caligari Yes
1: it was great Yes it was great Yes it was great stuff And Larry has put it Over the it was hard, fast football. After that, You're in carbon, nice you didn't care nice Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then the cab it's over the lap and Kevin are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal!
0: Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. How Yeah. you? How are you? <laughs>